0: This episode of the podcast brought to you by Moded Studios Embroidered Patches and Apparel. Go to modedstudios.com and check out the latest and greatest in the patches and apparel. My favorite patches thus far is Snow White smoking out of an apple embroidered patch. That's dope. Uh I also like the new uh bernie sanders i'm once again asking 2020 presidential campaign meme and and embroidered patch uh let's see we got the baby yoda from the mandalorian of course i love that one and then the west coast hand uh zombie styly i guess it's a green one modedstudios.com does custom work and they're always updating their website modedstudios.com m-o-d-e-d-s-t-u-d-i-o-s.com Check them out. Now I'm with the show.
1: Welcome
0: back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the We Speak English Good Podcast. Today's guest is Mr. Terry Cole of Coal Mine Records. This is a rerun. I am rerunning things because it's been a crazy couple weeks. Again, I am a musician and I do things other than this podcast. So life takes over. Uh, so uh, this episode is from, uh, I think this is episode 98. This is right before the 100th. So um, I, I love Terry Cole. I love Coal Mine Records. They have some amazing artists. And uh, I. I definitely suggest you checking out Coal Mine Records. Um, they, oh my God, they have like the coolest throwback soul and including one of my favorite bands and they've been on the show a couple times, Tim Ferriss from the Surefire Soul Ensemble. Go to CoalMineRecords.com and check out all the latest and greatest. Now I'm doing ads for Coal Mine. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm serious. Like Duran Jones, uh, It Could Be Shakedown, Surefire Soul Ensemble. I mean, the Jive Turkeys, the list goes on. So go check out CoalMineRecords.com and that is not how you spell coal uh general it's c-o-l-e-m-i-n-e-r-e-c-o-r-d-s.com um so anyways so it's a rerun today uh but we're moving past that enjoy it you might not have heard this one listen to this one <laughs> I do want to read a review off iTunes, Apple iTunes, that uh, Scooter Sam left for the show. This is in regards to uh, the the acoustic hookah guys that I had on the show, uh, you know, over the last couple months. Um, This is from Scooter Sam, from December 26, 2019. This really was an amazing two interviews and therapeutic for us longtime hookah. Uh, long oh hold on okay hold on this really was an amazing two interviews and therapeutic for us longtime fans of hookah and fans of these two men how about cliff next question mark you do good work sir and i shall dig deeper into your pod so there you go i appreciate it scooter sam i'm sorry i didn't see this one earlier i would have read it back when i was you know back when all those episodes were relevant to this but i just saw it today because i was looking um on itunes for some i don't know i don't know why i was looking on itunes for some i don't go on itunes anymore but anyways so thank you scooter sam um bless up much love i appreciate you listening to the show and getting therapy out of this i mean that's that's amazing to me i i do truly appreciate that um so go to Rain com R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com and check out the latest single, Lyrical Drive-By. It is a collaboration between Rain of Mystique and Conscious and the Co-op. Sorry for that pause. I had a brain fart. Um, at the time, the, it, on, a little backstory on this single. You know what? Let's just listen to this single and then um, we'll be right back. And I'll tell you a little bit more about this band. Running,
1: running, running, running runnin We're gonna have you running You wake up the moon. Runnin', running, 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 running runnin runnin This is the man doctor. I'll tie your shoes Seems like I just can't get away from all the vagueness flaring over airways. So I devised a new way to when they came My words is gonna strike with wisdom of a sage in this day and age Cause music used to be the way to take us closer to the spirit. But y'all done lifted and corrupted so now you're about to fear us I'm not on one-track, my kind of to gal And I'm feeding for more than just some corny tales That's coming out of your mouth while I'm blazing on my couch It's time for a change but nobody's gonna do it So I'm taking action for myself with a princess Pop-pop, the queen of hip-hop You know you can't beat me in my lyrical hip-hop You was a winner when I wasn't gonna play But I've returned from the time and I'm reclaiming it today Don't hold your brakes, don't stop for snakes Don't stop for snakes, don't stop for jakes They run your place, you should stop the hate We rock for the cake and we won't stop making you move Won't stop making you move Dodge these lyrics so get bugged by the ghouls. Stuck by the scoop, don't tie your shoes. You can try and lose, cause lead flies in two. Like a bird flies out, every word from my mouth dead deadly. Dangerous, lyrical melee. Gunning down haters like dinner to eat. Your lyrics are bitter, while my lyrics are sweet. So run, if you can't find no quarter. Gunning down, whacking seeds with four quarters. If you can't sing, don't try it. No, you can't bring what I bring on the mic, don't deny it. We on the rise with bloodshot eyes. Run for your life. This lyrical drop-by My guys defeat all the whack in the street Have you playing like Star stars scream, Screaming out, retreat You don't want no trouble You don't want none Better get out the way just send a call. Me in the co wow We taking over the place yeah, you yo. you all no, no doubt. better get out the way Me in the co wild Don't pump your brakes, don't stop the fakes Don't stop the snakes, don't stop the snakes the They will run your place, you should stop the hate We ride for the cake, yeah, we won't stop making you move Don't stop run making running, we're gonna have you runnin' We're gonna have you running, Rup-rupp, runnin' Rup-rupp runnin' running, will be runnin' Gunnin, gunnin, gunnin' This is a little basketball Don't stop to tie your shoes You'll be running, running, runnin', runnin' We're gonna have you runnin' We're gonna have you running, Rup-rupp, runnin' Rup-rupp runnin' We'll be gunnin', gunnin',
0: gunnin' This is a mythical drop yeah. Don't stop to tie your shoes. So Conscious in the Co-op was a hip-hop band that I was a part of uh, many, many moons ago. And it's actually where me and Reina, my wife, met. We met in that band, and we started a romantic relationship from that band. And so that band holds a special place for me and her. And and we really liked the band. Like it was just loaded with cool talent, and uh, you know, just an interesting group of people that made cool music. And you know, it was just one of those bands where you fall in love with it. You really fall in love with the project, and. And then it all just burns down because everybody wants to go find Jesus or whatever. <laughs> um, no, it, it was a great learning experience from that band. But <clears throat> So this, this recording is years and years years old. But it, it's kind of going in line with what Raina has planned for releasing music for the year of 2020 um so this is february currently and this was the latest release and every month Raina mystique des- uh, has decided to release something new well maybe not new but new to you <laughs> and um uh every month we're releasing something um from the past or something new um but it, it, it she's calling the project rome and other shit i stole so uh this is just the second installment of those singles and um next month we got another hip-hop song but i'm gonna be i'm gonna let you guys be surprised by that but i just wanted to give a a huge shout out to my wife for having an interesting idea on uh how to present music and um you know we're we're trying something different is is basically what's going on here (laughs) And uh, it's been working. We, we've been definitely getting more engagement. So in any case, um, that's rainamystique.com R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com. You can also click on the Experience tab on that website to find out where me and my lovely wife will be playing in our Acoustic Soul Duo. This Sunday, 3-1, or March 1st, 2020 reina and i will be playing a sunday brunch out at the lovely oh my god Hooligans Bar and Grill in Adrian, Michigan. Stop out. We've been having a great time doing that. It's Bottomless Mimosas. Uh, You know, they got great food there. So if you're in the area, please do come by and check it out. Uh, You can check out WespeakEnglishGood.com. Things are still happening there. We're going to be expanding the website to include my media company because I'm working with this company right now and they're like hey we want to put your uh your logo and stuff on our website what's your media company and logo called I'm just sitting here like oh i i don't i don't know <laughs> so i think what i'm going to do because i i'm too lazy to make another website and too cheap to buy another website domain so i think we're going what we're going to do is we're going to put it all under we speak english good so We're expanding We Speak English Good from just the podcast and, I guess, the music tutorials and (laughs) and me. I don't know what it is. And we're just going to turn it into a media empire. How about that? So we're going to have the podcast, we're going to have music tutorials up there, and we're also going to be, um, I'll be putting, like, my video work up there as well, my video editing work um, from just different various projects that I've done. And and it's going to be small, but... I just started. I don't know what I'm doing. I just started doing videography and shit, so uh, I'm trying different things, okay. And I just fell into this role, and that's just what happened. So I'm embracing it, and uh, you know, I'm just I'm embracing my new role in life here as a videographer and a director. I was. I'll have you know that someone emailed me and said that I was a genius. So you know anyways <laughs> you can follow us on instagram you can subscribe what, what is it uh um like subscribe review you can like us on instagram and facebook at we speak english good uh actually i'm on snapchat too so i think it's like we speak 2020 i think if you want that but i only got on that just to buy weed because i got there's this weed connect on that is fucking dope like so dope like literally they have good dope and they're great because they're a delivery service as well who would have thunk in ohio uh, <laughs> that's, that's the only reason why i have snapchat is so i can buy weed easily uh, <laughs> Uh you can let's see what else we got. You could oh yeah, like, subscribe, review. So you can subscribe to us. I've been throwing all my tutorial videos that you're finding on Instagram. You can find them on YouTube now. So you could scrub through those some bitches and go over them because I know I don't add any sort of like note notation or or there's no tabs most of the time. It's just you gotta visually look at what I'm doing. And that's why I make them so such a short video so you can watch them over and over again so you can go over it. But if you don't want to watch it over and over again, you want to scrub to a sp- specific spot, you can go and subscribe to us on YouTube at, well, of course, youtube.com. We speak English. Good. Um, that's pretty simple. Uh, let's see what else we got going on. Oh yeah. And review, leave a review for us and subscribe on Apple music, uh, Spotify, Podomatic, uh, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcast. you can leave a review or subscribe to us. Uh, leave us a five review if you like us. I was just on the the iTunes like because I just read the iTunes review and someone gave us a two star review. I love that. I I don't know why. I love that someone was like, you know what, this podcast was lame, and they went through because. I'm telling you, it it's actually a pain in the ass to leave a review for anything on iTunes that you like. It's, it's actually a big pain in the ass. I don't know why they make it so difficult to leave reviews, but, you know, whatever. Apple. Um, can't live with them. Can't live without them. I mean, I love their products. I'm not going to sit here and lie and be like, Apple sucks a dick. I mean, like, I like Apple products. I am one of those people. Okay. I realize that this has been a long intro and we're getting close to the wrap up here. But I just got a couple more things to say. Um it <laughs> I've been super busy and um I'm really trying hard to keep the on top of the podcast. I'm not making excuses why there's not a new podcast this month this week. It's just it didn't happen. That's just what happens. Sometimes it doesn't happen. But um, I'm I'm pretty excited about the podcast. We're moving forward. Uh, We got some cool guests lined up for the future here. So uh, stay with us and, you know, be patient. Next week we have a brand new episode coming for you uh, with Matthew Elton Smith. Uh, He's been on the show a few times. And uh, he's coming back. He's been in school for the last couple years, and we're gonna find out how he's doing up there in Long Beach. I mean, he's just a fantastic artist and composer. Uh, I'm talking to a few other people, some people out in Nashville, um, and yeah, I'm ta- Oh man, I'm really trying to lock in uh, Nissan Stewart, who has agreed to be on the show. Nissan and Andy Frasco. I'm trying to get both of these guys, who are amazing musicians. Andy has a crazy, amazing podcast called. Um, uh, the world-saving podcast with Andy Frasco and uh, Nissan Stewart. Well, he's just a fucking recording legend. He's a drummer who's amazing. So this may or may not happen. I don't like announcing future guests until I have them in the can. But I, I just thought since this is a rerun, I gotta give you something, right? I gotta give you something to keep you coming back. <laughs> so, uh, so let's review new single from Raina Mystique, Mystique dot com. Okay. Possible future guests: Andy Frasco, Nissan Stewart. Um, Let's see, what else did we go over here? Um, I can't remember what I said, so we're just going to stick with those two. Those are two great things that you guys got to uh, hear and learn before listening to this rerun. So, anyways, let's jump over to Terry Cole. I'll uh, wrap up on the other side um, and... uh, Terry Cole, everybody, from Coal Mine Records.
2: I'm here at uh, Coal Mine Records slash Plaid Room. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I keep calling it Plaid Records, but I think it's whatever. <laughs> um, and I'm sitting here with the man, the maestro, Terry Cole, who uh, starred this label and this company, and I'm in Loveland, Ohio, which is... Outside Cincinnati, how, yeah. How far east side. Is C- um,
3: apart? we're kind of on the loop, so it's yeah. probably 20 minutes from downtown. 25 I mean, you minutes from guys. Downtown.
2: I mean, like, if you're from Loveland, you'd probably just say you're from Cincinnati. Yeah, I would how, never.
3: I would just yeah, Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. I'm from Loveland. Yeah, like yeah. What's Loveland? People are like Loveland, Colorado. Oh, I've heard it's a beautiful town. <laughs> uh, yeah, just just a suburb of Cincy. It's a it's a quaint little little downtown area you guys are in. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It's it's a real kind of hippie yuppie vibe so you get kind of the best of both worlds you get like you know super busy down here with the bike trail and the river Mm. and a lot of good small businesses and like farmers markets and just a nice little nice little area yeah
2: Well, apparently it's a little more on the yuppie side because my friend was trying to get a place over here to open up a dispensary for next year. Oh, really? Yeah, and they were like, uh-uh. <laughs> they were yeah, not having Yeah, it's, it's pretty, you They're know, it's
3: it's weird. It's, it's kind of uh, the people that actually live in Loveland are, well, I, I should say, like, traditionally live in Loveland are, are kind of conservative, but then the people that frequent Loveland and visit Loveland... And are slowly kind of moving in are a little more liberal and so you sort of end up in this sort of like moderate Mm -hmm. sort of uh vibe which is i think pretty healthy um it doesn't it's not like doesn't feel like it leans too hard one either way
2: yeah because leaning
3: too far either way is just so unhealthy but (laughs) but there is there is definitely uh you know like when they put this big apartment development over here Uh there is a a lot of pushback from a lot of older residents. that have been here for a long time. Uh, yeah. Just sort of like, no, oh, this is old Loveland. Right. This is old downtown historic. So there's, you know, it's a give and take for sure right now, and that's that's healthy. Yeah, so.
2: yeah, of course. I thought I thought we we're, you know, honestly, I thought that most. I thought that as a like a society we were moving towards a more moderate feel, but then we got this president, and then all the people came out of the woodwork. Yeah, it feels
3: so like I don't. It's more polarized. It's just confusing. I get on Facebook and I'm like, oh, the world is a terrible place. But then, but then I'm here in Loveland, and I'm like, I'm around enough level-headed people, and I'm like, you know, maybe. Maybe the majority of people are like this. That's what I'm hoping. I think hope. so. Yeah, yeah. You that's know? all we can do is hope for the <laughs> best of hope humanity. Hope that what I see of humanity on the internet is not representative of the. Which is like the, the worst
2: way to judge a society is like going by the dredges of, of the internet. Yeah. Like the assholes who just like in, just anon- anonymously just like posting the worst things. Like they. <laughs>
3: yeah, it's. It's rough
2: i I love the internet, but oh my God, that yep. shit gets too much. yeah, my wife just deleted all her apps, her Facebook apps, Instagram apps. I'm not there
3: yet <laughs> it is you know if I could if, if if it wasn't for the businesses, I could probably withdraw pretty hard. That's I'm the only happy. thing that keeps me really engaged is is that because I have to have an account for that, but yeah. i'm not I try to stay. I need to do a better job of just staying off of the feed in general because yeah. I just we used to be able to have a plaid room feed uh-huh. and it was gnarly. <laughs> it was so killer because, but now it's they change the way the pages are and so that there is no such thing as like a page feed. You uh-huh. know, you're not an entity like that. But man, back when we had a plaid room feed, it was great because the only people we liked and followed were like bands, record labels, record shops. Yeah, and so you get on the feed and it's just like. Oh, new records, new yeah, records, yeah, new yeah, records. Yeah. Oh, listen to this. Yeah. Look at this. Cool. It's beer. It's coffee. Right. And then you get on my feed, and it's just like, the world is awful. <laughs> we're all going to die. But I miss, I miss the plaid Room feed so much. I remember the day that it switched over. I was like, what? No. I don't want to see mine. I want to see what? No. No. <laughs> no. Bring back the Platt feed. No. Bring it back. Yeah. It's, it was. Those were good days. Oh. No, I made the invoice. Okay. Because you have some additions. You didn't order any more. fool. Sorry about that.
2: That's okay. I mean, just so people know that we'll probably be interrupted. We are at the business. Like, the the record store is open. I just got done <laughs> digging, which, how great is my job? I get to go dig through records before I get to talk to uh, someone who is like literally, literally bringing soul to Ohio and all over the world. Um, I'm actually just curious what your lineage of music is. Is, like, you grow up in, like, a musical house or your parents are musicians? I think you're a musician, correct?
3: Uh, oh, my bad, Bob. I just stole Bob's Spotify. Nice. Um, That's what you get. So, let's see. Let me turn on some music so I don't – here, I'll turn on this, this secret link, this super secret link. It's super secret, Uh yeah. But, so, so I grew up – so it's my brother and I that run the shop and the label. Bob is um, your brother? Yep. Yeah tight and then our our he's my younger brother and then our youngest brother um he works here part time he mm. he's pretty much becoming the the shipping department okay. there's so much shipping here lately that like, it's like it's becoming a full-time job um but Which yeah you know. I definitely grew up in a musical household so my dad was a really big record collector he collected doo-wop uh he, that was that was his thing it was mm. like Black Doo-Wop forty five. That's what he collected exclusively. Wow. Um, so you you know, we always had and he's you know, you could call him a hoarder, maybe. Somewhat. It's
2: hard when it's like <laughs> when it's vinyl and like something that's it's, y- it's
3: pretty I would i <laughs> I feel comfortable calling it hoarding. Um <laughs> <laughs> But you know Collecting so collecting. <laughs> collecting. So so we grew up in a house full of you know, there are always 45s and LPs everywhere in our basement and the basement was like we lived in a ranch, so this you know, kind of big basement. And that was where like we played as kids, and so yeah. we're just always around records. And uh, as I w- got into high school, um, you know, became apparent like college was on the horizon. And my parents are like, "Well, there's you know, there's three of us that still have to go to school." I have an older brother too, who was a big influence as far as music. You know, he played drums and mm-hmm. got me playing, and introduced me to all kinds of shit that I never would have known about otherwise. But He, uh, what's up? I'm going to split their invoice into two. Black Friday stuff versus... Black Friday stuff. All right. So, you know, Dad, as we got into high school, Dad was like, well, I guess I could start selling records. This is like right at the dawn of eBay. Oh, okay. And it's like 98, 99. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but he didn't want to sell his 45s. (laughs) Um... So he, like, started training me on how to, like, spot rare records. Oh. And so this is, like, I'm, like, a freshman in high school. And so we started going to flea markets and garage sales and buying 78s mostly. Uh Uh-huh. But other stuff, too. And started selling on eBay as a way to, like, auxiliary income. Yeah, yeah. Essentially to save money for college. Now,
2: just pause here for a second because I'm really curious about this just because I'm how what is what it goes into like spotting rare stuff and i'm sure there's a myriad <laughs> of shit like it probably is infinite but just uh, what are like s- a couple of the main things that you're looking for um, when you're looking for value in a record
3: it depends what format i guess if you're talking about talking about 78s um for the most part i'm always looking you're always looking for blues blues, blues is like blues is what it's blues is where a lot of the big money is okay um Really, when it comes to it, it's kind of, you know, I have a I have a unique view, I guess, because I tend to want to buy and sell the stuff that I kind of like mm. and somewhat into. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, blues, black gospel, R&B, rock and roll, that's the stuff on 78 that back then, you know, had a pretty strong market. Okay. Um, you know, you want to ignore pretty much anything on Columbia or DECA or RCA, mm. you know, all the stuff that was just mass produced so many out there so you're looking for labels that you don't recognize you're looking for labels that you do recognize Uh you're looking for atlantic you're looking for blue note you're looking for prestige you're looking for um you know black patty which i've only seen like two in my whole life (laughs) you know you're looking for you're you're looking for blues artists without accompaniment never anything with orchestra Uh, yeah there's mm -hmm. this little these are not like tell these are not like across the board right like, right you know, but, broad rules but like, that's what i asked you sweeping yeah. generalization and how you absolutely man you're looking for one black dude singing about his troubles that nobody ever heard like that's what you're looking for you're looking for rare shit yeah um and then 45s it's 45s this whole i'm not as good at 45s i have friends that are really good at 45s they're like encyclopedias because that's a whole other 45s have a much higher top end oh, i would okay. say you know there's a lot more one, two, three, $5,000 45s out there than there are maybe 78s. Wow. Um, but that was kind of the reason we did 78s is because back then, there were a lot of guys selling 45s. There were a lot of people selling LPs online, but there weren't a bunch of people selling 78s. Ah. And so we started selling, and my dad didn't give a shit about 78s. He had no emotional connection to them, mm. neither did I. <laughs> so we didn't mind going and buying a bunch of 78s and flipping them. Yeah. Um... And so we started doing that, like my freshman year of high school. And so that sort of became my first, like, endeavor into business and into what is valuable. And and it was fun. And yeah. we dealt with some crazy people. And that was kind of <laughs> when eBay was like the Wild West. Yeah, you know? it was like, was that you know? Because up till then you had price guides. You know, mm. how accurate were the price guides? Like, how rare were those records? Really, were they as rare as what we thought? But once you have the internet all of a sudden it became, it sort of become apparent. Maybe there's a lot more, maybe there's even less, right. you know? And so you see these sort of like ebb and flows with markets and different genres and styles and things increasing and decreasing in value. So, you know, I guess that's how I got into records. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I grew up around them. Um, you know, that was like, training that was like for sure another type of education that i received when i was younger so which ended up being one of your <laughs> yeah you know, it, <laughs> it ended up education. yeah because you know i went to i finished high school i went to miami university in oxford i got a degree in zoology i got a master's in education um and so i was a teacher for a long time but i mean when i was in college i think i looked at my transcript one day. I think I took just as many music classes as I did zoology classes. Uh, um, whether they, they, I took like composition classes and tons of black music history classes that were offered at Miami, which is ironic because Miami's like a really, really white <laughs> um, They got to compensate. They, d- I, they do. And they had, <laughs> they had some gnarly professors. Dr. Tammy Cronoda was just... She was amazing. I had her for, I think, four classes. But so... You know, and that never really went away. And the whole time I was in college, I was still flipping seventy-eights on eBay. That's how I paid for yeah. all my school in wow. cash. Wow! Holy every, shit! Every semester, went down to the bursar <laughs> office with a stack full of cash. Like, hey, <laughs> here's eight grand. See you guys later. Wow! And uh, so you you kept it going, or were you and your dad keeping it going? Um, so when I went to school, I started my own like oh, eBay just, username, whatever. Oh, just because it became too hard to sort of. He was in Middletown, uh, I was in Oxford. We we're pulling from the same well, uh-huh. but you know, it, it just we could, we had to have two different places. We couldn't yeah. coordinate it. So, but he kept, you know, he kept on. He still does it. He still. And what's crazy is that. <coughs> sorry. What's wild is that he, and I don't know if it's because we started selling Yates, selling 78 so early he gets more money for 78s than anybody on ebay wow it is nuts and he's the worst at (laughs) describing shit or (laughs) grading shit he like you know if we if platter made an ebay account and tried to sell a 78 he just sold this gospel 78 the other day for like 80 bucks there's no historical sales of it ever over five dollars we if we put that thing on it wouldn't have sold Uh we could put it like this gorgeous scan this accurate description yeah. nobody would have given a shit yeah but ta cole 1944 puts it up with a blurry scan <laughs> record looks okay plays great that's <laughs> it like there's nothing <laughs> i think record is v like that's all you put he fucking gets 80 dollars for it it's like it, it's so it's so crazy is it because, is it just people because, just trust him right people know has, this dude yeah has been doing this forever and yeah. so there's this inherent trust with with him, and it's also like the market, the people that are buying those records, it's the same guys that are his age. Guys, gotcha. And it's just like they don't care about the the things that I prioritize. like I prioritize like aesthetics and mm-hmm. accurate descriptions and good quality photos and presentation. Like yeah, yeah. they don't care about that either. Right. Which is why Dad's like, looks fine. I was like, you can't read the words <laughs> on the scan, Dad. Like, so I got eighty dollars for it. What do you think? yeah shut your mouth boy <laughs> right. shut your mouth boy but uh yeah so that's and the, but i kept you know i played in bands when i was in college i played in a hip-hop band what did uh what did you play i played bass bass so okay
2: I, d- I thought you were a drummer just just from assume, assuming oh, things no, I, no, I i went I, for drummer so I can, phew, I can, that's what i that's get for assuming too hard um, yeah i agree but
3: uh <laughs> i played bass and we were we just kind of were like a hip-hop band we wanted to we were playing like funk soul hip-hop wanted to be the roots type yeah, of, type of vibe um and then that slowly evolved into that was about the time i got hip to dap tone mm. and so was it was early 2000s yeah like okay. 2003 2004 okay. and i got hip to dap tone and was like kind of blown away with just uh, just confused at first right and then once <laughs> i realized like oh this is new right these people are making these records now <laughs> like and so that that was like this bug in my head like i want to make 45s uh-huh. how do i do this and uh so eventually that band morphed into what would become like the jive turkeys and, and that, so we cut some funk 45s and
2: and and you guys are still a band you released an album. i saw your guys' album out there
3: yeah yeah it's just like you know me and friends from college and friends from high school and uh yeah, we did we did an album in my basement, and we did a few 45s since then. But everybody's kind of like in different spots now. So, oh, so it's kind of a harder thing to keep going. Yeah, yeah, it's just the the drummer Rob still does a lot of stuff, um, because he's he's in Buffalo, but he'll come down and do. He plays drums on all the Leroy Conroy stuff, and yeah, he anytime we can get him on something we always want to. So Yeah.
2: Yeah, shit man. Once you But that's kind of
3: that's like a big. Sorry, I just talked a lot. No, that's what you're supposed to do but in those sorts of situations. <laughs> <laughs> that's like to- that's kind of a general, you know, how we got here sort of thing. And that same experience that I had is not very different from the experience that my two younger brothers had, you know, they they sold while they were in high school and they went out and did the same thing and i love so, that
2: i love that this family of record ha- hawkers
3: just yeah, out there it's just slinging so, vinyl it's so weird you know that's yeah i mean that's that's what i did in my apartment in college i would just spend every sunday night like you know wrapping up 50 or 60 packages and didn't have to have a real job and
2: dude that's incredible <laughs> like it's great is that is that today do you think that the market's a little too saturated for anybody to sort of start jumping into that
3: um a little bit it's pretty tough you gotta you know the you you gotta either have a reputation or have really good shit, yeah you know right, or right. and that's there there is so much competition it is like it's hard to do it on the side you know yeah. it's hard to have that as a side hustle right. now because there's there's just so many people doing it but the people that are doing it well there's also a lot of people doing it really poorly so the people that do it well always stand out you know right i immediately always think of like carolina soul like and carolina soul just gets the most gnarly prices for 45s on ebay and they're like my dad but on a much big more organized
2: (laughs) more descriptive yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah
3: like always have these great videos of the records and like pictures and descriptions and audio clips And everything's cleaned, and it's just like they just crush it, and therefore mm. they get, you know, they get top end of what a record is worth. Right. They sort of set the market. You're like, gotcha. Like, oh no, this record is worth four thousand dollars because because that's what I said. Now nobody else can get that, but <laughs> right, it's worth a lot of money. <clears throat> well, it's
2: interesting because <clears throat> you see, like, I mean, even just in podcasts, just for an example, like you'll see like some of the worst quality <laughs> podcasts are still like some of the most popular ones, and not a lot of people are going for for perfection they're going for the content or you know i mean like so like with your dad it's like it doesn't have to be and i kind of see that across a lot of mediums i mean it doesn't go for like no one wants to hear like a a sloppy band make a shitty here do a shitty recording but like you know um you you do want to hear a badass band play through this old, uh, you know, record through old equipment that's Yeah, yeah. on the verge of breaking any second. It's yeah. not like this perfect, clear quality that you're going for, but it's more of the content and the feel of yeah, what you're yeah. what you're going for. Absolutely. And so, like, I, 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 don't, I don't know where that came from. But, um, so, when you were in your hip-hop band, I kind of want to slow down a little bit. You guys, uh, how, how far did you guys take that?
3: Um, We played from probably, like, 2000 and... Cause the band already existed when I got to Oxford and then the bass player left. So you're a new bass player. And so I took his spot, but I guess probably like 2005 to like 2009, 2010 ish. Yeah. Um, but you know, that was kind of the formation of the label. Cause I'm, I started making beats uh-huh. in one of my classes and it was called musical music composition or electronic music composition. Um, but if Miami ever knew that I got like 12, 400 level credit hours for making beats, they probably wouldn't be too happy. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I just started like, you know, messing around with that and I turned it into a class. And uh, it was like an independent study course. Oh, so I made wow. like, I started making all these beats and I would bring them to my professor and we'd go over them, we'd talk about them. Wow. And, uh, and he had never, he was, comp- it was cool because he was so ignorant to hip hop. Um, completely right it was kind of a cool perspective because he had this like old school electronic classical composition mind Uh to bring to it and just to hear just to have that applied to what I was doing was pretty cool and unique right he's he doesn't even know if something is good or bad but he's gonna give me input on it and so you know, and then I eventually I had like, I don't know, fifteen or so like beats that I really liked. And so the MC in our group, Lewis Rideout, I was like I, I kinda made the beats around songs that we were already playing as a band with like certain verses in mind. Uh-huh. And so I was like, Well, you know, Lewis, maybe you can like maybe we could like make a record. Yeah. And so we made it and called it the city. And it was twelve tracks, and we put it out on just CDs, uh-huh. and because there was like you know, a hundred thousand samples on there that, can, <laughs> that you're not gonna clear. pay for. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> like Curtis Mayfield, Curtis Mayfield, Curtis Mayfield, Curtis Mayfield. <laughs> uh, so Clyde Stubblefield, all right. Yeah, just <laughs> over and over and over. <laughs> and so we um, made like five hundred CDs, and then I we got it. A company in Japan licensed it okay and that became like sort of the trigger and like oh man like maybe there is something to this made-up record label coal mine records because I yeah. just wanted to put yeah I just yeah. wanted to put something on it that made it look legit yeah yeah totally and uh so I put that on there and I was like oh, I want to do a forty. like dap tone was already in the back of my mind and I'm like oh, I want to do a 45 yeah man. yeah and so, so wait,
2: wait wait hold on so you got so you guys did get picked up by a label overseas
3: yeah just to like I, they did just CDs or they I don't even think they recouped the advance they gave us. <laughs> well, I get statements every once in a while, and it's always like, oh, I'm so sorry, guys. Oh, did they still send you the bill? Oh, there's no bill. But <laughs> they, they just – just like, oh, hey, we made this much on oh. it, but we still don't owe you anything. <laughs> right, right, right. You don't
2: get shit because you didn't sell shit. Exactly. So but, it's like, oh, well. But, like, with that, with, um, with that deal, yeah. I mean, like – what what did that entail for for you guys
3: essentially like a couple thousand dollars, and then they have rights to it in Japan okay and then and then as soon as the label started getting big over here i pulled all that shit down cuz i was like i don't want i don't want anybody to try to come at me oh yeah, yeah 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 so oh so
2: that label actually Sorry, go do you mind saying the name of the label
3: oh no, no that label they still oh. do their thing they're big pvine yeah oh pvine yeah okay. they're like massive oh. over there but i just didn't want i mean it's like you know, we're talking about nickels yeah. and dimes, but I just didn't want I never wanted anything to be able to come back on me, which is why I've never done anything with that since I pulled yeah. it all down. Like, no, nah, yeah. nah, nah, get it off my get it off Spotify. That's not it. Like I don't want it on there. Um I, I really like the record, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's just you know, you don't want that. No, no, it's karma. it's a headache. It's a headache. So but uh but yeah, then the rhythm section from the band became Jive Turkeys. Gotcha. And we cut like an organ funk forty five and yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it, uh,
2: so with the jive turkeys, that sort of was like the seed that grew into coal mines. For sure,
3: yeah. Like as in its current form, that was definitely like the it, first. That was the first forty-five we did. It Was cut at my elementary school um, during the summer. One summer, something.
2: The elementary school, like in the auditorium or something. No, like? yeah,
3: it, it was always in the music room of the. Oh, okay. So growing up, my mom was a. We had an elementary school like right in our backyard. Which is where oh, we went to. fun! And so we had like playground and everything it was great. <laughs> and but my mom was the secretary at the uh, school for like infinity. Okay. And um, so during the summer, when she'd go over there to do work, you know, there's when we were little, we'd go over and play in the gym, and it was so just so cool because you're like I have the whole gym, yeah, all these cool things. Hell yeah! I can do whatever I want. And so during it was during the summer, I was home for college and so I got all the guys I was like let's, let's, let's see if we can cut a 45 now we had the whole music room like yeah pianos here got plenty of space whatever and so uh yeah we brought everything over there I rented a B3 okay tried my hand at recording went okay but <laughs> I still pressed it yeah um, you still pressed that record Yeah, it was can? it was called uh, straight fire it's number one, the first 45 straight fire baby yeah it's not it's, it's just okay it's not fire it's it's, it's a like right. a lukewarm drizzle uh, yeah, yeah it's <laughs> like it's like a, it's simmering <laughs> it's but, a uh, simmering. but uh the next one i was really happy with then, then i discovered like i'm I, I just curious
2: and, i'm sorry uh i was just curious on like what was your method of recording that um
3: i had uh here hold on let me get let me get the bathroom. sure do you think man water. yeah I can't I can't think. my body's not used to
2: it like, <laughs> oh my god i'm so hydrated <laughs> <laughs> while terry goes to the bathroom i'm just going to give a quick description of where we're at here so we're at plaid records in like i said in loveland Ohio, and we're back in his um, in their storage room area, but it's basically the shipping and receiving for their own label. Um, and I'm sure they, yeah, they, I see a Donny Hathaway record, so that has to be. I think it's just general storage, but you see all the records around. Yeah, I see it could be Shakedown, uh, old friend, Surefire Soul Ensembles albums. Uh, let's see. Org Orgone. There's so much that I haven't even listened to. It's like I was. I listened to It I've heard about It for a while, but um, if you have a chance, just stop and go YouTube or Spotify. Them they're amazing. So let's figure that. And he's back, <clears throat> all
3: hydrated and relieved. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Oh, so crazy. let's see, uh, how do we record it? Uh, let's see, I had a mixer with my friend Eric, let me borrow A bunch of Radio Shack mics I bought for like 15 oh, bucks shit. And then uh, GarageBand GarageBand! my laptop, yeah Nice!
2: Okay, and <laughs> I like that you still press this album and, Oh yeah And you can hear this album right now?
3: Yeah, yeah it's I, the I'm first like, 45 I'm It's sp- called Straight Fire and the B-side's like thumping It's on, <laughs> it's on <laughs> Thump. Spotify, yeah
2: Okay, okay what, okay, why don't we uh, uh, cut over to one of the songs from that? Because I just want to hear it. Um, yeah. no, 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 no. But um, uh, yeah, let's 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 listen to one song. Which one should we listen to out of that? Uh, I, cause I like
3: thumping. I like the B side better.
2: All right, let's go with the B side of thumping, and uh, we'll be right back with Terry Cole. we are back. That was thumping baby. That was thumping. <laughs> um, it's interesting that you went, I mean, like, did you do any of the mixing or did you do any of the mastering, or do you even touch any of that stuff? I mean, yeah,
3: how, I, I mixed the whole record. I mastered it. Oh wow. Um,
2: and this is all from what you learned through school and stuff. Kind I of. Really,
3: I mean, a little bit. I, I none, None of the classes I took really about like engineering or anything. Uh, I was just sort of figuring shit out as I went. Oh, okay. Um, and
2: it turned out good enough to press, and the key press. Yeah,
3: is. I mean, uh, I I thought it was good enough to press, and then, um, but I think the next forty five we did was the first time where I felt like really confident about it, about the tones we were getting and how everything sounded. Okay. And, and you
2: guys recorded that in a, in a real studio or just self-recorded? Uh, just in my basement. Yeah. I oh, okay. just recorded
3: in my basement. I had a little bit better gear. And then um, I discovered Spring Reverb. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, you know, I was trying to figure out, like, why I like certain sounds and, uh-huh. then, like, the tone sound. And I was like, Spring Reverb. So I started running everything through this, like, Fender Spring Gosh. that I had. And I was like, oh, my God, there I it is. I get it it's now. Like, <laughs> all I got to do is just just destroy everything through this amp and and so the next 45 we did which is called ba and Chickenfoot, those were like I, I was i was really happy with everything like they had that old dirty sound okay and, and then
2: so. so you weren't necessarily using like all this old equipment you're still using digital and you weren't using tape you weren't doing anything but you were just that using point, this that this. point now okay let's listen to a song i just want to compare contrast so which song should we play off of that
3: um I like BA. BA? Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's interesting because I'm, I always, like, because I trip out about that shit when I'm recording because I, I want to capture that sound. And, like, in my head, I'm like, you have to have, you know, like, these old preamps and you have to have these old microphones and yeah. you have to have the That all helps. It does. But you could achieve some of the same yeah quality. You know, yeah, like, I,
3: I look back at the first Jive Turkey's record and, I mean... I think most people think it was recorded to a four track because mm. most everything I did after that was recorded to a four track Got cassette. It. But that whole that whole record was done to bread and butter was entirely done to and mixed in GarageBand. Wow, whole record GarageBand no, no, so powerful. No, it Never hit tape, but we just did a whole lot of like reamping. Mm. Like you know, we'd run the drum trucks out through a guitar amp, Got and, like the guitar amp, and then balance all that out. And so it you know. It hit a lot of dirty things uh-huh. to get to the computer, and then it was just like, oh, but it was awful mixing it. Oh my god, it was <laughs> what terrible. Were, just what, what were like a couple of the challenges you really had to overcome? Oh, I it? I hate mixing on a computer. It's just so mm. not natural. Yeah, especially a laptop. Ooh,
2: it's awful. That I yeah, that is the worst ever.
3: So it's just it's just really, just really bad, and and I really didn't know what I was doing either. So yeah. I always tend to I always tend to like. Back then, I would mix things really hot because mm-hmm. I didn't really understand what the point of mastering was. And mm-hmm. now I'm like, oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that took a while. That was like that was like 10 years ago. So I guess I know a little bit more now. But, yeah, you know, I just didn't understand the, the dynamic of it. And I was always trying to make my final mix the final thing. The final thing that people are going to do. And hear. so, <laughs> and, you know, with digital, when you push digital hard, it's not cool. It's just nasty and gross yeah, yeah yeah and uh and not nasty and gross in a good way <laughs> and so i was just trying to figure out like what is this happening and then my buddy eric who let me borrow the mixer he had like a nice studio and he was like well you can master things over here and i was like what does that mean master make loud is that what that means <laughs> he was like well you do a lot of other things you know you gotta like change eqs and and so he took them and like made them actually wow. Like professional. <laughs> something something <laughs> yeah. that you could something that we could actually it. do something with. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool how you did that. <laughs> that's so neat. So uh but yeah, you know, that was that was the first record and then I got a four track set and I've used that for a long time. Really? And yeah. you're still
2: cutting records on that? Yeah, I love it. what, that what is it? Uh, Tascam
3: Tascam four twenty four okay. mk three. Wow. It's like the most fancy V C R. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like I think it was early 90s or maybe late, late, late 80s. Yeah. Um, but I think early 90s. But it's like, you know, it's got a lot of nice features. It's pretty reliable, mm-hmm. but it's still cassette, so you still get these gnarly drum and bass tones. Right, and, right. Um, yeah. I and mean, four tracks makes you really work. Right. Because you get a fit stuff on there. And then a few years ago, I got a Tascam 388. And I'd say I use the 388 the most now. Okay. But if it's an organ group, it's like a combo. Uh-huh. I still try to use the 424. Okay. Because it makes you make decisions and
2: oh, yeah i saw a, a little stage out here with the whirly mm-hmm. you know the hammond the, yeah and uh, all kinds of stuff going on over there do you guys cut in
3: here yeah yeah that's where all you right. record oh this is that's it that's it i love that there's a little tiny room behind the tapestries uh behind the stage uh-huh. where all the, like the tape machines and gear and all the good stuff is yeah
2: so when um when you guys are, I mean, because obviously for like for Surefire, they're not recording out here. No, Tim's they, taking care of that in the yeah. kitchen too. is everybody in
3: every project's different. Like uh-huh. that, you know, like some groups can completely do it on their own. Some yeah. groups deliver final masters to you. Some groups deliver things that need mixed. Mm-hmm. Some groups deliver things that just need mastered. Some groups come here and cut everything, yeah. and, and I do everything in house. Um, <laughs> Just sort of depends on the yeah, project, yeah. and that's and that's cool. Like, right, that's fine. Oh man, hooks, hooks. But uh, yeah, it just depends. Like, we cut, uh, black market brass is a 45 coming out in January that was cut here. Wesley Bright and the Honey tones have a 45 that'll be out in March, I think, that was cut here entirely. Uh, Leroy Conroy last 45 was cut here. So it's, you know, slowly getting more and more that was all done here. Because we like having full control over everything sounds. Well, I can imagine that. (laughs) Some people also just like, like Sergio from Orgone, like, Mm. he's just, he's a magician. So it's like, everything he sends is just like, oh my God, so (laughs) much better than anything I could ever dream of doing. So. Well, okay, so then, uh, so
2: out of that band, you guys sort of start, uh, you start, the wheels start turning and you're like, maybe there's something more to this. Yeah. So when did you decide to like, just be like, I'm doing this?
3: Um, so the first band, first couple bands that like were not me and my friends, um, the first was a 12 inch single with, it was hip hop still, it was Othello and DJ Vajra with Mayor Hawthorne. Oh, wow. Um, Right when he became, right when he went from DJ haircut to Mayor Hawthorne. <laughs> um, and so...
2: Wait, so, uh, so how did you make that connection? Um, Othello
3: is an MC from Ann Arbor. Uh-huh. And he was friends with Lewis Rideout, who was in my group, because they are both from Michigan, okay. Detroit Ann Arbor area. So we had some mutual friends, and I, I think that's, that was the connection. So they hit me up and they're like, oh, I heard you're starting a label, blah, blah, blah. We got stuff that's like kind of golden age sounding stuff that might be up your alley. And I yeah. was like, oh, this is cool. And then it featured Mayor, And I was like, now I was right when Mayor's buzz was like, right, woo,
2: yeah, like yeah, yeah. way
3: up. And so we were like, well, yeah, we'll put it out for sure. Yeah, yeah um, of course. And so we did that. I should have done it as a seven. That's my one regret. I wish, I wish I would have done it as a seven inch. Why? Because 12 inch singles are tough.
2: Is it because it's just more money to Yeah, produce? and you can't
3: sell them for that much more because it's a yeah. 12-inch single. It's still a single. Mm-hmm. So the price point's not very much higher, but the overhead is definitely higher. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's the only, like, one and it's the only 12-inch we, single we did. So going back, I wish I could cut that as a 7, but oh well. That's all right. Um, So that, and then the next thing was through Tom Brennick. Uh, of Adaptone and Dunham. Okay. He had just started his own imprint, Dunham, and just he had just put out that Charles, first Charles Bradley 45, The World's Going Up in Flames, and I had been playing him on our radio show, and I had reached out to him like, Hey, man, I love your shit. like, yeah. You guys are amazing, blah, 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 blah. I'm starting a dumb label. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to be a teacher. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and so he, I think I was already teaching full time and tom was like hey i just recorded this group EKB shakedown at my studio oh, you know wow. if you want to release them you know and so i listened the tracks i was like oh this is sweet and i think vince from EKB and i had talked already too so there was sort of a we, we knew what was going on um but yeah that became the first 45 that was non-jive turkeys uh-huh. um that we put out the number was 104. So. Well, wow, and it's—I mean—that's amazing that you like were able
2: to get like incredible artists to like to be. I mean, obviously, you're not
3: looking to put out shit artists, but I'm <laughs> saying, <laughs> but like, well, uh, I think they were—they were pretty unknown. Uh-huh. I mean, they—they—they they, they hadn't released anything at that point, guys. Gotcha. And so it was like they were just sort of in that cauldron of like Brooklyn soul and uh-huh. punk and Afrobeat and right, you know, and they were young dudes. You uh-huh. know, they're like, they were. I guess they were bright around my age, like early twenties. Okay. And so they were sort of just hungry, and I hit them up, and I was like, "Hey, I'll I'll release this." Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I was like, "I think." And I that's I, and that's Ikibee. Yeah. First It could be or Yeah. Ikibee yeah, yeah, Shakedown. Okay. Okay. And so I was like, "Yeah, that's the first. That was the first forty-five, and then we did their CD 2 because I couldn't afford an LP, and then uh, then they got you know for their next LP." I still didn't know how to do LPs, really. Uh-huh. I just didn't. And so they went with Ubiquity Records. Okay. Which is, you know, much larger than us back yeah. then. Like, way larger. And uh, so it was cool. It was cool to see them, like, get picked up by a, a larger right. label that I was pretty familiar with. And, and then, so how were you
2: How were you able to afford to, like, put out
3: albums and stuff if you I, were... I guess because I was just, you know, I had... I think early on the advantage I had with a lot of things is that I had a normal job, uh uh-huh. oh, I, I got had a steady to. job, like <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, a lot of musicians or people that were trying to make music their full-time thing, right, didn't necessarily have that. Not, right. I mean, I was a high school science teacher, so it's not like I was just like right swimming in pools of right. cash. <laughs> right. But you know, I could afford to throw down a grand for uh-huh. some forty-fives, right, and then recoup them. And and I, you know, I had already sort of done that. You know, i had already had experience in shipping. And yeah, like, yeah. All that other stuff. Through you know selling on eBay for so long, right, right, and um, so yeah, it was it was kind of a natural little progression, and I think I think records intimidate people too. Oh, the idea yeah. of pressing a record, like well, yeah, all the it, details and things that go yeah. into it. So if you have somebody that they're like, "Hey, I'll pay for it, and I will, I'll make sure it's done right," because right. I've already done it four or five or six or seven times, yeah. you feel confident, like okay, oh, yeah. Yeah, like we can just hand it off to him. He'll make sure we don't lose money. Maybe we'll even make money. We'll at least have some product. Right. Um, yeah.
2: <laughs> right. On. And then and then so from there, you were just sort of like. Yeah. Like, know, like from there, it
3: was like Ikeby and then uh, 106, is Jive Turkeys, 107. I licensed a record from Dojo Cuts. It was an Australian group. Oh, wow. Because um, I liked the two songs. And I was like, hey, what do I need to pay to be able to put this on a 45? Yeah. Like, put out in the States. And then 108 was the Budo's dudes, uh, John Carbonella and Mike Deller. Oh, wow. Did like a side project. Uh It was like some spaghetti western dub funk soundtrack shit. And so we put out that 45. And that was fun because I was like, these are very well-established dudes in the scene. And, you know, just good humans. And and then another Jive Turkey's bullshit. (laughs) And then through Othello again, I met Kelly Finnegan. Monophonics, okay, and we put out their 45, and that was sort of the gateway to California. Uh, that was sort of like what sparked that because they were a Bay Area group that was now on the label, and you know I had already reached out to Oregon a little bit and uh, had been like, so so when you're when you're getting your artists together,
2: you were the one reaching out for to them. No oh yeah, was, there was
3: no oh well. I guess there's some people that reached out to me. I don't really remember. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> I think for the first like 20, it was definitely probably me re- for the most part me reaching out to people. Yeah, I want to say like maybe on the spot trio hit me up through a mutual friend. But for the most part, it was me being like it, w- it was like organic. Yeah, it was like yeah. hey, my buddy's making some tracks, or I'm recording somebody, or. Uh-huh. Or they just recorded these tracks. They're looking for a home for it. It was it was very very organic. It was not, you know, you know, it wasn't like we were out going to bars right. looking for bands like, wow, this band could really make it, right? You know, it was <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like Kelly being like, oh hey bro, I just recorded these dudes, yeah, cutting some instrumental bullshit. I know you like that instrumental <laughs> bullshit. You you should hit him up about rec- putting it out. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, these are great tunes like Jungle Fire, uh-huh. like you know. He said, oh yeah, Serge just. Serge so just recorded these dudes doing some really, you know, killer Latin Afro-funk shit. Uh, and I was like, cool. And then I he introduced me to Steve Haney. And and Tim, Tim I had met. And this is Tim Felton from the Surefire Soul Ensemble. That's right. Tim Tim had sent me, he he had sent me like tr- two tracks, I think, or maybe four tracks, and they were done digitally. And I was like, man, these are really cool, like L. Michaels kind of vibe, but um. the recording production wasn't quite there yeah and that's what i said to him and then like a year later like two years later he was like oh hey what do you think of these Uh and it was the same tunes but the production was just perfect and i was like oh my god yeah these are like duh a fucking
2: wizard yeah (laughs) it was was so cool
3: to hear i I need to find that email i need to dig back in my hotmail and find that og email where he was like hey hear these tracks and like the They're just so different, yeah. Because the vibe on the that first record just has such a good vibe. Like I agree, just nailed the tone. It's like it's l Michaels, but happy West Coast San Diego version. You know, like hey, you got your gritty gritty New York vibes. We got our sunny eighty-five (laughs) degrees vibes.
2: Which currently, I guess, there's a heat wave and they're (laughs) shutting down school and shit. Well, like how hot? Like ninety-five degrees san diegans are very y'all don't know no they (laughs) don't they really don't like my wife coming here from san diego is just i mean first of all she loves the season but terrified of driving in the snow so
3: oh my god
2: and we actually ended up getting stuck in ohio because our plan wasn't to stay here but our van's transmission cut out so now it's like she's like why is it like 40 degrees one day and then 90 the next. It's like, welcome to Ohio, baby. Midwest. To the Midwest.
3: That's right. It's weird. <laughs>
2: it's weird, but, like, out there, I mean, I know I'm not shitting on the San Diego people but or Southern California in general, but, <laughs> Jesus Christ, they're so, like, permanently hot tubbed and just sunbaked and just, in, like, in their own world. <laughs> and I love them to death and my friends out there I love, but <sighs> there's just, I don't know, there's just a sense of character, I feel, that comes with like bad weather you know like there's a char- you build character digging your fucking car out of the snow and like you, you know 10 below fucking wind chill build weather anger
3: you build angst anger <laughs> angst
2: and then that's why i didn't want to leave <laughs> i didn't want it, to it's
3: it, it's funny because then you go to like colorado and they're like yeah you guys think you got snow yeah you don't it's, have snow, right like, but like, they get the sun. Uh, yeah. The, the yeah. trade-off is that they get as
2: much sun yeah. as Southern California. <laughs> it's just they got a lot of snow that comes oh, with yeah. the shit. So, but, oh. yeah, I
3: remember the first time I went to San Diego, I remember I was coming out of the desert, and I was like, oh, my God, this is terrible. And then I got in my car in San Diego, and I was like, mother of God, where? <laughs> what is this paradise I've landed in? Right. My T-shirt's dry suddenly. Right. And there's a slight breeze, but there's all these beautiful people. They're yeah. all so tan. <laughs> and it's just – oh, there's just – food and everyone's smiling yeah it's, where do, where am i
2: it's just a fucking it's a magical place it really is and where's like, all
3: the humidity how do you how do you where do you get your water <laughs> well where's we, all the water it's not in the air <laughs> i can't get it
2: uh which has been a problem in the past few years um getting water down there oh yeah, san diego is like an island I, I feel like it's kind of an island because on one side you got like you got the desert which fuck that uh, on another way to come in you're going through like like 15 so it's like vegas and all these wine country b- <clears throat> bullshit traffic and then of course the awful five going up to oh, yeah. you know la like, it's yeah. like so, so you're just opening <laughs> <laughs> it was just
3: the moving parking lot yeah i was like <laughs> what is this I was on like i was trying to hit a bunch of record stores up and you know you have like if you're like hitting up shops to sell stuff you have like a five-hour window you know mm-hmm. when the when the owner or anybody who makes any sort of decision is there and of course record stores are like yeah we open at one and it's like what <laughs> <laughs> and then whenever we we, we, op- we open at one and then the manager will be in at three and he leaves at five <laughs> so i've got like you know this tiny gap to to yeah. meet and greet and smooth people and of course it takes me like you know two hours to get from one shop one to, to the other, other. Yeah. And i'm like well, oh, cool all right uh, i hit two shops in a week <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah, it's a it's a different
2: way of, of m- like moving around over there is just like you have to actually accept and like accept defeat before you can move oh through it freely. I'm
3: spoiled, man, because I live like three miles of the bike trail. Yeah, and so I ride my bike. Oh, you can just you like ride. six seven months out of the year, and even then I have like a five minute drive. Right. And I'll get caught at, like, a stoplight here. I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) What is going on? This takes so long. (laughs) Anytime I have to go anywhere, like, on the highway, I'm like, oh, my God. How (laughs) do people do this? Yeah, it's – People spend minutes of their day. Hours. Just minutes. Tens of minutes of hours doing (laughs) this.
2: Tens (laughs) of minutes waiting for people to let other people get over. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, no, it it was a real shock in January – Uh, before i knew i was going to end up back in ohio i um i got stuck in ohio again because of booking issues for the flight and i I ended up being there for a month and so half the time was with my wife and then the rest was just me and my son just grooving around you know like toledo if you've ever been there it's much smaller than cincinnati and it's easy to maneuver through yeah yeah traffic is minimal and I when I went back to San Diego like the first thing I immediately felt was like holy shit there's way more people around me and like (laughs) it's it's fucking it's 10 a.m. and Target's parking lot is fucking filled (laughs) to the brim why where don't these people fucking work you know like where why are they here right now it's how are you here and it's just it's just a different place I mean I loved it I didn't want to leave yeah The, the fact that I'm here says a lot in general because i just did not (laughs) ever want to leave san diego and i was able to achieve a dream of mine that i never thought possible there and so now i'm back here starting over but i i did realize how close we are when we're back here how close we are to amazing talent and like awesome cities you know like new york is a nine-hour drive yeah you know, Detroit's like 45 minutes, Ann Arbor's 45 minutes, yeah. this is three hours, you know, like, it, it's it's a little bit more central, and I don't know, it's made continuing the podcast a little easier, Yeah. just because in San Diego, you get a lot of cool people coming through there, but like, to be able to access people, like, because they'll not, be, like, Terry Cole's not coming to Toledo to do a fucking <laughs> shitty podcast, so... You know, it's nice that I can actually drive to you and be like, hey, fuck yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to look at it positively, and I, I th- it's working out better. Yeah, I like, the mid,
3: I like the Midwest. No, you
2: can't be mad at it. You can't be too mm-hmm. – only when you're digging your car out of the snow and yeah. cussing angrily to no one. You're Sit, like, sitting in construction. <laughs> sitting in construction, nice whatever time. it is. So, okay, so then what was the – because
3: I take it you're not a
2: teacher anymore. You, I'm not, no. Yeah. So the tipping point there, right? Yeah, yeah. Where, so where,
3: – so, I guess we got through about uh, 45 number, like, 128. So, that was, like, our 28th-ish, 45. And then uh, I, I got a divorce. Oh. And, uh, which is it's all good. Yeah. And uh, so, I was a teacher, and that was my first summer being divorced. And I was like, well, I hope I got to do this summer. I was like, we just got, like, three LPs in print. We got, like... Twenty five forty fives. What's up? You gotta have black and clear mix up earlier. You have them care of. Mm-hmm. Right. Already got 'em dude. Yeah. Um, so we like we get I'm like, well I'm just gonna go on the road this summer. I'm just gonna drive across the country in my little insight. Oh nice. And so I drove across the country for like ninety days. Oh and tight. went to tons of record stores, just like hustling coal mine shit. Oh wow. And um sort of built some really great relationships with stores. And end of that summer, I, <coughs> Bob was just finishing up grad school. He's a computer engineer. Oh. And so he was actually going to make a lot of money. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> uh, and so it was like October after that summer. Yeah. Um, this is like three years ago. And I was sitting, my superintendent pissed me off. Uh, he said something about my hair being long. And I was like, well, Fuck that, and uh, <laughs> so you know, and so the, the the things in the district were not like great, and yeah. I, you know I was, it was going in a bad direction, and so it was like you know little petty shit like that that I was like, well I will just not stand for somebody fucking talking shit about my hair, <laughs> and so I that day I was sitting in the faculty meeting listening to him, and I was like, just stewing, just getting mad because yeah. it's like man I'm a great I'm a I think was a really good teacher, uh-huh. kids really love my class and you want to come complain about my hair being long? Right. Like, come on, bro. Yeah. Like, I got 10 parents at OD on heroin last semester in <laughs> my class, and you're worried about my dumb hair. Like, so it, it was just sort of just annoying. Like, what am I doing? Spinning my wheels here. Mm-hmm. And, and the and that trip over the summer, it sort of been like, it had, it, I had gotten such a strong response from so many people. Like, oh, this is great music, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And It was like, man, like, Shops are doing well, and and there is a like people always sort of it's like a popular thing to to dog the music industry. It always is, yeah. The music industry, this vague thing, right? Right. It's always fun to dog these nonsensical entities, like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, the industry's keeping me down, right? Yeah, bro, (laughs) the industry's not keeping, right? Because you can't find them, yeah. And so, (laughs) and you know, and I had seen like you know, Daptone, you know, like Mm -hmm. be successful and like. Like, so there is a, there's room, there's mm-hmm. room to, to make it in the industry in, in a certain way. And so I sat in that meeting and I was like, well, and I'm like scratching on a piece of paper. And I was like, what if I like opened a record store? Cause I, I've kind of seen that they're doing well,
2: mm-hmm.
3: open a record store as a front in order to be able to expand the label out of the back. Cause I would have the time and the means and right. you know, the crossover is obviously pretty heavy. And so they could sort of reinforce each other. And so I'm sitting on a map, like, looking at places where, you know, where to open one. And I don't want to go directly, you know, infringe on somebody's territory of shops that I already know and like. I don't want to try to threaten them. And I'm like, I'll oh, I go down there to bike and canoe in a nice little area. And I know it's kind of on the up a little yeah. bit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. back then it was, like, this development was getting ready to come in. You, you Everybody kind of heard, like, it, not hip, but definitely, like, An attractive, growing community, right? And so I was like, well, I'll go down there. So I drove down there after school that day, or drove down here, and just walked around looking for commercial property. I found this location. It had been vacant for three years. It was a moose lodge, formerly. And I found out who owned it. It was the Loveland Fire Association. And within three days, I had a business application turned in. Oh. And um, I guess before that, though, I skipped a step. Before that, I came down here, found the spot, and was like, son of a bitch, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And then I called Bob, because Bob had just finished grad school, and he went on like a YOLO solo canoe trip, you (laughs) know, like spirit-finding type of journey. Right. So he went on a solo canoe trip for like three or four weeks up in Minnesota. So he's coming out. This is October. He's coming out of Minnesota, driving back down. And so I call him once he gets in range, and I'm like, hey, bro, meet me in Indianapolis. We're going to go to Luna Music because I think I'm going to open up a record store. Oh. And I think I need you to not be an engineer <laughs> and open it with me. And so, wow, I mean. Wow, <laughs> that's a huge thing to ask of someone. <laughs> hey, man, I know you just went to school for a while. And that's, <laughs> that's cool. I did that, too. But anyway, um, so I we met in Indy, went to Luna, which I think, because Luna on the trip was like one of the last shops I went to, but I was blown away with like clean, organized. huh on, like, not too cool for school. Right. Like, kind of embodied a lot of the best of what I saw across the country. Like, on the on the tip. Like, they, they knew it was uh-huh. coming out new. It just felt nice. Yeah. Not dicks. Right. You know? And, and that's, the music that's, snobs who and that's so scoffing. weird that you have to say that. But, I mean, no, you I, have to say that in the record stores. You like,
2: absolutely do. Because I, Cleveland <coughs> fucking, I walked in there, asked them for... A Kendrick Lamar record, when that when that first one came out, oh, yeah. whatever though it's called. Um, uh, fuck, I love that album. Anyways, I was looking for Kendrick Lamar's album, and then I just wanted to buy it new on vinyl, <laughs> and he fucking scoffs at me. He's like, yeah, um, you might want to go to one of the more commercial places. <laughs> um, what the hell? Maybe Urban Outfitters or something. And he's like, we don't really carry commercial stuff like that. I was like, but you carry the Black Keys album, last album? And he was like, Well, we were one of the first stores they ever played in, so we don't find that to be. You know, I'm just like, okay, dude, you're just fucking.
3: What's the shop called? Oh,
2: my God. It's a skeleton, the skull, and a mind's eye. Not mind's eye. That's it. My mind's eye? My mind's eye? Yeah. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know
3: that shop. Whoever was behind the desk, it might have been just that person. No, but that's the thing. That is the. I get being able to be like, well, it's not the owner. Mm-hmm. 'Cause you know, you meet most of the owners, right. you don't you usually don't get that vibe from the owners or managers or well, the owners. Right. But it does fall on the owner mm-hmm. when their employees are fucking. Oh dicks.
2: yeah, because I walked out and I didn't buy shit and um we'll never go back there again.
3: Well dude, it's like I, d- I do not get so that brings me to another story. So <laughs> please that so anyway, so we went to Luna, looked at what they did, kinda like trying to feel out the POS system. Uh uh-huh. Like, just the logistics of things, like, looking at what they're stocking, kind of, like, the first foray into just immersing ourselves into how do you start a record store type of thing. Looking at what we really liked, what we didn't like, and then we just started making this master Google Doc (laughs) list of, like, things to do and things not to do. And so that was was the formation of the shop, and that was three years ago. And, uh, yeah, it was cool because, you know, I worked at a CD store growing up in high school, but we're come we came into this with a blank slate which is cool because i you know we don't have this preconceived notion of what a record store is or what it is not Mm -hmm. and um and to that end when we hired some we hired people when we because he he did get a job and i was still teaching Mm -hmm. i had to finish out that year so we had this like four month period of like what i call hell when (laughs) we were building the shop and working our full-time jobs and then operating the shop and also working. It was just, it was terrible. I don't even remember those months of my life. Right. They just, they're just, disab- they're gone. Yeah. Because, um, you know, you work. And I was living in Middletown, so I would, like, drive half an hour, work on the shop or work at the shop, leave at 10, get home. It was just awful. I was the worst teacher that semester. I <laughs> feel so bad for all of my students. I, I am, like, overcome with guilt sometimes. Like, real late at night, i wake up and be like, oh, my God. I was such a shi- like <laughs> I was such a shitty teacher that semester. Like I was just a bad teacher because I really prided myself up until like myself of being a really good teacher. Over yeah. there. and I remember thinking like, man, I, I really dropped the ball there. So I feel bad about that. But when we hired people to um, that end about the story, like people and hiring employees, we had, um, when we looked for help, we didn't try to find people that knew the most about music. Mm. It wasn't like, all right, bro, I'm about to quiz you on the fucking <laughs> yeah. top blue note records of the <laughs> 1950s. Do you know this shit or not? <laughs> but we were looking for, like, um, hey, are you nice? <laughs> are you? Can you have a conversation with a stranger? Are you willing to engage in conversation or help someone find something? Like, musical knowledge was, like, low on the totem pole. Yeah. It was like, are you a good human? And then, you know, I ended up hiring who's now my, like, my my life partner. So I guess I just, you know, hired a pretty girl that was nice, essentially. <laughs> which, which, so now, which, you know, my, fut- my future wife, I just hired her. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I bet I can get you to work cheap because I'm feeling some vibes. <laughs> feeling some vibes. And you're nice and you're pretty. People are going to like you. Yep. You know what? I like you. <laughs> girl, so- what are you <laughs> That was how. That's essentially how, that was my courtship. Which is
2: such a lovely story, it is, by right?
3: the way. Hey, you you work for a free girl, <laughs> <laughs> girl. Hey, I hope babe. she listens to this. I can't wait to play this back for her. She's gonna love this. <laughs> um, but you know that was like so. let and that's yeah. so sort of in the face of what you, have you know, you, you traditionally think of like music store. Yeah. Somebody who's like, a goddamn expert on everything. Right. Right. Like, right, right. Like oh yeah, so that'd be another post-punk um you know Norwegian <laughs> section over there <laughs> yeah. it's like now just just be able to answer and it was funny because you know sh- they were both met with the people that that worked here you know Whitney and and we had Allie that worked here and intern Matt if you want to call what he did work <laughs> um, <laughs> intern. that's his name that's, that's why that's, he didn't that, get paid right? that's his that's his name he is he will forever be known as intern Matt <laughs> um, but he like we we didn't need them to be experts. We just needed them to be nice and helpful, right. and like build this reputation of we're not this cool shop. We're this really nice, hopefully clean, organized shop. We know what we know, but the internet is really cool. And yeah. if there's something we don't know, we'll just help you find out the answer to it. Right. And um, and certainly I'm not discounting me and Bob's knowledge. Like we we know right we know a lot about we know something about certain types of music but you can't be an expert on You right. can't be an expert on everything and anybody that pretends to be is a dick right like they're full of shit yeah exactly <laughs> the more you know the more you realize how little you know yeah and um but the downside of that was they were certainly met with people that were not used to that attitude and they came in here you know dick swinging contests <laughs> you know like to the fullest like yeah, where's your rare shit? And they're yeah. like, uh, I, I mean, all the records are there. You mean you don't have any? And it's like, oh my god, dude. Yeah. Like, get a life. Right. Come on, bro. Right. Like, you don't. You don't need to come in here and like make these twenty-year-old girls feel, right. <laughs> feel bad about themselves. It's
2: yeah, that's a.
3: But I think there's a shift in record stores right now. I think there's like a, a positive shift, and it's weird because, as, as this vinyl trend is on this upswing. And you hear all kinds of people like, It's good, it's a bubble, it's gonna burst. Yeah. It's like what whatever. Like Yeah. It's and it may be to an extent, but you hear people you know, there's there is this vinyl upswing. And what is ironic I think is you're gonna see a lot of shop new shops open up. And I think you're gonna see a lot of long existing shops, shops that survived like the worst of times, actually close have to close now because I think you're going to get a more discerning consumer. Mm -hmm. So the shops that have just existed, because they've always existed. Yeah. Of all time. (laughs) You know, they've always been around, so they're always going to be around. People are going to realize, oh, man, these guys are, like, nice. Right. And, like, when I ask for something, they'll help me find it or Mm -hmm. order it for me or, or, like, know where it is and not treat me like shit. And... (laughs) And so it's ironic that I I think this resurgence is actually going to be the demise of some long Mm -hmm. existing shops. And I see all kinds of stuff on the internet like, Vinyl boom, but how come this shop's closing? And I just want to be like, because that dude's a dick yeah, and he doesn't know how to keep up yeah, with trends. like a, Yeah, he's a prick. Because maybe that guy shouldn't be running a business in the first place.
2: Yeah, and and it's hard to say like there's
3: going to be a bubble for
2: music because like people are always going to want to consume music or art, whatever it is. And the fact that they're able to uh, actually make money on a tactile item such as you know the best of Fraggle Rock on vinyl. Dude,
3: all the versions.
2: <laughs> every version you know people are going to want something tactile because this digital age has become so I mean
3: music is so I mean just the fact that there d- is a resurgence in the first place let is informing us that people do place right. a value on a tactile right. literal product exactly and so it's it, you know I think and you're kind of starting to see it like a lot of new shops open up like including ourselves that have a different approach that are like championing Need new vinyl, mm. and are like hustling the new releases, right? And and you see other shops that are like so down on it. Yeah, they're just like, oh, there's no money in new vinyl. We don't stock new vinyl. It's like, cool. Talk <laughs> talk to me and like, and and because I mean, you're just like, you're just missing. You just you're excluding people. That's exactly. It's like, you know, like if you can afford to do that, cool. If you have such a reputation that you can do that, gnarly. Like if you can have just a soul shop and you just sell soul music that's killer hell yeah i can't do that like i don't know many people that could just do that and so my perspective is like why why close yourself off to being more successful by like you can still like we're always playing like soul and funk yeah like we walked in and van morrison was playing yeah we we play we're gonna play stuff we we like so our personality is still shining through right and like what we champion and what we choose to display and right you can do that but still sell 40 copies of the new taylor swift when it comes out because right. you make money on that and that helps you do these other things like i i i, I will never understand the mentality of i only sell shit i like yeah that is defeatist, in my point. You are just asking to have problems right. that you can bitch about. Like,
2: uh, <laughs> like it, it does seem like it's some old guard shit. You know, just yeah. like some guys who are just. Bro, came you want to
3: buy T Swizzle? <laughs> Fucking do it, bro. Like, I don't give a fuck. Right. That's gnarly. No, you're listening to records. Yeah, it's great. Right, it's sweet. Like, yeah, it's it maybe just, this is a gateway to you getting into some other really. Exactly. Cool shit. Maybe exactly. it's not. I don't know. Whatever. Who yeah. am I to judge? People right. probably look at my musical They're like. This fucking dork is stuck in, like, 1969. Like, grow up, bub. <laughs> that shit's past. Done, been done, been done. It's like... And I couldn't be mad. I'd yeah. be like, you're right. I'm done. I am stuck in my ways. But...
2: Right, but you're open for...
3: <coughs> <it>. <coughs> yeah. And I you're a
2: businessman. You, like, you know... Or business person,
3: excuse me, ladies. Yeah, but there's, like... There's, like, a weird... There's a weird thing where it's... You sh... Being like business savvy in the record stores is like, not. Some people think that's not cool. Yeah. Or not not even cool, or like that shouldn't be your top priority.
2: It's Which like, is so silly because if you're an artist who wants to make in this world, like make money, it's like you have to have that business side, or else the other side is just gonna fall on deaf ears. Yeah, exactly. You you need to be able to. I mean, you need to be able to expand, contract, you know, you need to be able to, you know, like, it's silly to block yourself off from, from any ways of thought. You know, like, of course, there's terrible ways of thinking, but when you keep your mind open, you're, you're going to find shit that you, it allows you to learn and it allows you to keep growing. Is, yeah, man. It's basically what That's it is. That's why, it went, you know, when I went
3: to all those shops, I didn't even know that we, I was going to open a shop. I had no yeah. idea. It was not in my mind at all until he said that thing about my hair, but (laughs) it was not in my mind at all. But, you know, I looked back on all those experiences and I could be like, you know, you pull the best because there's, there's shops just doing great things that are just crushing it, being friendly and recommending. They're great at recommending things. And, um, yeah, you pull from the good and you ignore the bad. And, you know, every time I go to a new record store, I'm, I'm always thinking like, it's a great idea. You know, <laughs> like well, yeah. there's always room to learn, whether well, it's yeah. whether it's for the bad or good. You know, there's always room to learn.
2: Yeah. I I think everyone can take from this. Don't be closed-minded. That's right. Just just be open-minded. Other people like other things that you're not going to like, but <laughs> it doesn't mean that you can't fucking provide that. Yeah, for but,
3: them. but that's that is what led to uh, the record store about three years ago.
2: <laughs> okay, so so coal mine, so now a coal mine plaid just is sort of like this. Yeah, it's one entity essentially. Yeah,
3: um And uh, you know, the beginning of the label was all about trying to make the label seem bigger than it was. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but once we got to a certain point, I wanted, it, I I, d- I definitely wanted the perception to be like, hey, it's two dudes. Yeah, it's two dudes primarily doing all this um and you know that surefire actually surefire was the f- first lp i think when we moved, it moved into the new space um their first lp because I, I think i had been like i was in middle of moving and everything so i was like ah, i don't, don't give me some time guys yeah but i think that that following summer that was the first lp and since then it's been like in overdrive as far as like output you know you look how many releases we put out in the years before the shop and it was like maybe you know three to five 45s usually um and now it's like just cranking them out as fast as we can and you know cool i like those two tracks that's all you got dope (laughs) 45 you're not not actually a band sweet Ah. Make, (laughs) make up a name it's cool on the next one. Like, you know, it's Alex. just like, because that's, that's the fun of 45s. Like, you can throw things out there and just see what hits, see yeah. what resonates with people. Like, the the Flying Stars 45, like, Aaron and I, he started talking to me about those things like a year ago. And I remember being like, I was geeked. I heard him, and I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And he was like, yeah, I, I guess we'll do all right on 45. And it's like, people dig it. Like, yeah. People dig it. And now we're like dude we got you gotta do an lp like you gotta do an lp now <laughs> yeah, Pe- yeah the people want it the people the whereas people. You know, and, and you can use 45s it's like it's pretty you know nominal investment you know it's not huge yeah and it's like if it crushes
2: right sweet
3: then, hey do an lp right hey, that made up band you had get them back together <laughs> <laughs> get, the, um, get the boys in there
2: i was curious in how you um like, for instance, when you, when you go around, when you're trying to hustle coal mine, like, what, wh- how do you even approach somebody, like, a, at a record store, I mean, like, how um, does that even work? So
3: when I cold call shops, what I usually do first is I'm like, um, yeah, hey, do you guys have the, I'm just looking for a couple tiles, Wonder if you have them in stock. And I'll just ask about, like, Budo's band. <laughs> okay, okay. Or, like, uh, El Michael's affair, or, like sharon jones mm. and just sort of feel out like all right does is this shop and if they're like no we don't stock that it's like okay cool like cool. you probably won't like anymore <laughs> so i'm not even gonna waste your time but if they are like yeah then i'll be like oh, okay cool and then i'll call back <laughs> and be like hey uh this is you know terry from coma and i usually will send them lps uh-huh. promo lps because our LPs sort of like super heavy duty and they they stand out and no not very many record labels send promo lps people they send a lot of cds right so you immediately sort of stand out and then you know i'm very confident in the music so i think if they play our records they're going to realize oh this is like this is record store music yeah you know this is music that feels like it should be played in a record store it does well and this is the kind of shit that people are like what is this <laughs> you know like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, is, what is this record right um, yeah. exactly yeah like I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell five copies of the new beta band lp you know the high fidelity moment like it's it's stuff like that because it's not that it's not so well known that you know it's it's easy for a shop to, it's like a new market mm. you know if nobody in their town's ever heard of it They can hustle 10 copies of our comp easily to people like, oh, cool, you like Daptone? You hip to this? You're not? All right, here you go. You're going to buy it. Um, And so in a lot of ways, when I'm approaching shops, it's, you know, Daptone has paved the way. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, there is no no way around it. They have absolutely paved the way because, not that our sounds are, like, dead on the same because they're not. Right. But if people are into that vibe, chances yeah. are they're going to be into what we're doing. And I think sonically, we're we're probably a little more broad and, and you know, not saying we're, like, more open-minded, but it, just sonically, like, there's probably things that are cleaner they wouldn't release, things that are certain whatevers mm-hmm. that they probably wouldn't put out. But that's that's always the first question. Like, hey, do you guys do pretty well with that yeah. that's your fun. Yeah, yeah, you know, because if they don't I, they probably don't give a shit about what we're doing
2: so when you're putting on new artists now is like is it still something that's pretty organic where it's just like you know this guy and there is it still like that or how is it yeah are, are, I are mean, you guys being more approached now are people oh we're
3: we definitely get approached a lot more now we i'd say we get uh three to four demos a week for oh, sure wow. um I'd say the, the rate of good, is pretty low, but <laughs> not even good, just appropriate. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get stuff. And I'm like, do you, did you, right? Did you research yeah. this? Yeah. Did do you, you see like the horse shit up? we're putting out? Like, you don't want to do this record with right. me. I don't know how to do what you're doing. This
2: is like they're like, come on. I got a black metal group. They're just gonna knock Dude, the yeah. socks off. Yeah.
3: Yeah. We, hey, we heard you'd be a really good fit for us. <laughs> For real, and I'm like, I, no, we're not. Like, yeah, yeah. and I want to spend a long time being like, you mother wasting my mother, <laughs> but it's like, nah, we're not interested, man. But it's pretty organic. Like, if I go back through, you know, these the most recent series releases uh, Flying Stars is the drummer from Durand, okay. Junior Thomas was on Truth and Soul formerly, okay. Um, and so, you know, it was just sort of I think he was on my Instagram feed and I was like, I "Wonder what that dude's doing." And so I messaged him. <laughs> yeah. and he was like, "Actually, I've got some new tunes." I was like, "Dope." Sweet. <laughs> it sounded awesome. Um, Durant,
2: where is Duran located? Like, where is he? Huh? So,
3: I I think he's getting ready to move to New York, oh. but he's from Louisiana. Oh, okay, okay. And then so. they all met in Bloomington when they oh, okay. were at school at IU. All right. So,
2: so where is he stationed at? I, I couldn't I, right now that. they're on the road uh,
3: i think but home is definitely louisiana okay
2: um because i because I, I got to see <coughs> duran play with so far sure, oh, oh yeah Soul, yeah yeah they played a oh it was a tiny little venue that's changed names for like f- that's like right i remember I, I
3: would remember setting up advertisements for that and i was trying to they changed it like the week <laughs> i was trying to make an advertisement yeah. for that and i was like i don't even it's like right. spacebar right
2: no, well space, Formally Spacebar Spacebar is actually <laughs> Yeah it was Spacebar And then it was like Bar 11 And then like All this I mean like Yeah so how do you months. How do
3: I market From five From uh 10 states away right (laughs) when i don't even know what the name of the damn place was packed that's good it was packed (laughs) uh, packed wall to wall like i could not figure surefire would you know bring a crowd surefire
2: has their thing going on but dram man they they killed it oh yeah they're they're awesome i bought the the lp immediately i was like i'm gonna get this shit yeah actually i actually when i when tim came over because i used to do my podcast because i had a studio in my garage in san diego and um people would come and i had more stuff going on i had like a little sound effects pad i'd hit like the air horn pew, 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 or God. it was ridiculous <laughs> i mean it wasn't so long ago i mean it was like <laughs> four episodes ago you could hear me go pew, 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 i but, like to, i want to do that in the shop sometimes yeah,
3: like, what up about to sh- play this dope track
2: <laughs>
3: y'all ready here it comes
2: it's just it's it was fun, <laughs> but I asked him to bring both the albums because uh, I, I, I bought them immediately just because, like, I just love what he did. And then when we started talking, he said that he was signed to you guys, and he kind of broke down the deal that you guys kind of take care of half a production and you
3: do the pressing,
2: right? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, we pay
3: we pay for pay for everything up front.
2: Um. So, when you have new artists, is that how you approach it? is like we'll pay for all the pressing oh um. yeah,
3: I mean, the deals are always the deals are pretty straightforward they're usually like you know we'll we'll pay for pay for everything, mm. whatever you know whether it's stuff that needs recorded most most of the time everything's done, yeah, so most of the time it's either the artist has paid for it or they have um. The artist is paid for it or, or it's close to being done or mm-hmm. whatever. They need maybe some more mixing hours or mastering or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, we we pay for everything up front, and then it's just a 50-50 profit split. Oh, wow. And um, they get a little higher percentage on sync licensing. And then we have – like What's pub- sync licensing? So, like, getting you know stuff used in, like, TV shows. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Which is – I mean, you get a good sync, and it makes a lot more money than selling a lot of records. Yeah. You know, it's like – S- feels like sky money you know <laughs> Just like what they want to for how much oh my
2: god so, oh god okay yes yeah and what do here, i sign and, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. then here comes all the assholes like they sold out yeah, exactly. it's like they're making money they're good at business they- i
3: saw you on that tv show i know y'all rich <laughs> you are rich no i'm not a promise yeah right i saw you on that show <laughs> i saw you on the tv I saw you on the evening news but you know the deals are pretty straightforward i think one of the unique things that we do is we kind of will provide near infinite product Mm. to the band and they don't have to like because i think most labels you have to most labels i think the artist has to sort of buy Mm. product and it's usually you know i've heard different things from some labels i heard it's you know, just above manufacturing. Some labels I've heard, it's like the same wholesale that we buy for, which to me is kind of like, yeah, it's my record. Like, let me, let me buy at a discounted rate guys. <laughs> um, but so what we do is we'll front the records. So, you know, let's say a band needs 200 LPs for the road, 200 LPs. And then it just goes down as like an advance for whatever manufacturing is plus 10%. Mm-hmm. So like if, records cost five bucks a piece goes down that we paid them 550 times okay. 200 so it's cool because no they don't have to. there's no cash out of pocket yeah they get a bunch of records it puts off their royalties you know it puts that off but they also don't have to like they could sell those records for 30 dollars a piece uh-huh. on the road and right. no, they don't have to tell us like right. it's, it's all it's all their money right. so it's cool because it kind of puts the control in their hand. Like if they're a band that's hustling on the road hard, cool. Like you have this cool tool. And the shop is the shop is our version of that. Right. You know, like you know, we the shop buys things from wholesale from coal mine Mm. and at an obviously discounted rate because those sales wouldn't happen if the shop didn't exist. Mm. And so it's it's the same sort of thing. Like we have this cool outlet that we can Hustle coal mine LPs, and also our,
2: you get to write that off at the end of the year. Yeah, you can, <laughs> and it's like,
3: so it's it, you know, but to, for a band like Orgone and Durand mm-hmm. and Surefire, like groups that are that have LPs with us that are touring, I mean, you can make a lot of money. Yeah, sell a bunch of twenty dollars LPs. Fuck yeah, and that goes right in your pocket. Do you don't have to report to those dumbasses in Ohio? <laughs> Sweet, later, bros. But I mean, but that's cool. That's I, I. As a musician,
2: I can appreciate that is because you know. Yeah, I think is, it's
3: pretty. We try to make it easy, you know. We yeah. try to make, you know, because we know there's a the burden. A lot of the time is is finance. Yeah. But um. Yeah, we think we think we do it right. <laughs> I talk well, to some people, and they're like, I talked to a couple groups, and they're like, "Damn, how y'all make money?"
2: Well, that's what I was actually just gonna ask. Like, so and that's how good did, to hear. How does? So how does that translate for you guys? I'm not, I'm not asking for specific numbers, but uh, I mean like. I,
3: so I think, so right now, um, I th- right now I think the, the shop is definitely, it's all under one business entity, mm-hmm. but the shop is definitely what's sort of paying our salaries. Yeah. And you know, paying our insurance and our rent and mm-hmm. our whatever. Or in order for us to live the luxurious lives that we live working like 80 hours a week. Um, <laughs> so the shop is definitely doing that. But we live so lean, like we don't, we go on, va- the only money we spend significantly, either one of us is vacation. Like yeah. that's, we'll take a few vacations a year and that's where we'll spend any money. Other than that, we're pretty frugal. Yeah. And therefore there is a lot of profit that is left over, but the label is a, profit sucking machine because it's growing fast yeah it's growing so rapidly that we're just investing what's up bub speaking of intern Matt <laughs> we're just uh investing so much in the label that you know if you look at the books you're like oh you guys are doing all right but we'd be doing a lot better if the label didn't exist because <laughs> it's it's growing so fast right but we know in the next we can feel it like we mm. can feel it's gonna have this It's going to, one of these years, all of a sudden you're just going to be like, damn. Like, it's going to turn this corner. But a label is just, it's a long term thing. You know, it's not, that's why when I talk to people and they're like, yeah, I'm going to start a label, (laughs) it's like, damn. Like, okay, but. How much money do you have? (laughs) Because, I mean, I think, you know, I look at our numbers and I'm like, we've spent $180,000 pressing records in the last two years. Wow. I'm like, that is a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's scary. Yeah. And, um, for sure, and it's like, ha uh, and if we didn't have the shop, no way, right? No way that happens because uh. there's no way you could generate that much profit and mm. and churn it over like that. Is
2: there any other places that are like kind of like terrariums like this, like that kind of do the same thing? Um, or is
3: this? So I, I know there's a lot of shops across the country that have labels. Mm. Like oh yeah, shake it. Like shake it has that's shake it has I their mean, own. You know why I asked that? I, but, like, re- but, I know that, but it is right. unique. Um, yeah. you know. Because how functional they are as a label is, you know, they're usually a label because they can afford to press records, they know how to do them, and they have a medium to sell them. Right. They're not, maybe they're not, are they marketing them the same way that a traditional label does, or are they doing the digital distribution? Are they handling the publishing, the sync licensing, the Facebook ads? Like, are they doing all those things? Probably not. Like, they're probably just like, hey, bro, yeah, I'll press 545s for you, and then we'll sell them in the shop, and yeah. you got a record out. Yeah. And I think that's how most record shop labels operate. I think a few exceptions might be us. Um, Shake It does sell a lot of CDs, of their CDs and their LPs. Um, uh, Light in the Attic, because Light in the Attic has a shop now okay, out in I Seattle. Didn't, I didn't they're know. like a gnarly, like, reissue. Are they the... <sighs> They did the Lee Moses record last year. Okay, I, I. They're just the shit. Okay, they're, I'm gonna have to just so look into it. they fucking tight. They okay. do like killer jackets. What
2: they call it again? Lighthouse. Light in the attic. Light in the attic. Lighthouse.
3: They're so they're so cool. They just do like the most obscure reissues of shit that you Sweet. need to have but didn't even know you needed to have. <laughs> and you're like, oh my god, what it. is this collection of North American folk nice. songs? that's blowing my mind. But uh, they they have a shop now in Seattle, but they were a label first um but th- i this is very you know the unique thing about this is if room burned to the ground the label would continue to exist right. i don't think that's the case for most record shop labels yeah yeah um and the other amazing thing is that we have a studio yeah so we cut things here like it's it's all inclusive like, right we can cut shit here the next morning listen to rough mixes while we're working and like kind of gauge yeah customers like people like this shit
2: yeah people hate this shit yeah if you see people well, well yeah. yeah yeah
3: you're like damn that's yes. i mean delvon more the liner notes for the upcoming organ trio we just signed in seattle the liner notes are essentially that story because we got the L. we listened to the lp and we were like man we really like this mm-hmm. we don't know if it would do that like we were trying to figure out if if an lp was warranted like are people gonna like this enough is is this just Feel like an organ trio, and the more we listened to, it, we were like, "Man, this shit is really." We thought it was really good, mm-hmm. and so we started playing it out front a lot, and we got just, you know, tens of people being like, "What is this? This is fucking good." Yeah, And you're like, "Oh yeah, hey. okay, sweet, yeah, right, you're right." You're, right. <laughs> yeah. you're right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. good. We're not, we're not wrong. Okay, <laughs> cool. Hey, hey, hey we want to sign you guys. You know, it's like right. that's not that that's the exclusive informant because it's not at all. No, but it's always helpful because sometimes you start to feel like you know am I just putting this out because I like this shit right right is this viable type of thing so it's 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 is unique uh, absolutely unique because I like I said the shop burned to the ground yeah coal mines coal mine would still exist yeah and and uh yeah it's cool and they make each other better the label makes the shop better the shop makes the label better do you do
2: in-store performances?
3: We do, yeah. We just had the Buffalo Killers here on Friday. Their nice. local band had a new record coming out. Duran's been here twice, and oh. Monophonics have been here, and who else has been here from the label? Black Market Brass is here and they were recording. Wesley Bright was here when he was recording. Okay, um,
2: Tim, where you <laughs> ship your whole band across the country. Yeah, I would love that. That
3: would be so <laughs> sweet. Too. They'd be like, wow, we just made negative $4,000 <laughs> on <in> this trip. <laughs> Woo! Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah. But we had a good time. But we played, at, <laughs> at platter, but we played the tiny room to forty people. <laughs> it was tight. No, it's it's cool. It it and that's another thing. Like when Duran, when they came here and they just had that forty-five, there were like twenty people here and they were like, these guys are pretty good. Yeah. And that's that is the cool thing about Loveland. It's kind of like, it's kind of not cool. Mm. And like not not hip. It's just like sort of normal dude normal people yeah, right? yeah, yeah. and so it's <laughs> it's like we don't get a bunch of, we don't get a bunch of pretentious fucks that come out to the shows we yeah. just get people who are like oh we heard there's live music tonight cool that sounds fun i'll yeah. go down to the record shop oh, and they're like it. oh wow what is, <laughs> what is what is, what a nice band <laughs> you know, like, like it's always it's always super quiet like they're super polite during yeah. like they just want to hear it and then they buy their records yeah. it's like God, this is so cool. That is cool, man. A band comes to town that none of these people have ever heard of. Yeah. They come out to the show, and then they buy the record, and now they know who they are. It's like, damn, this is amazing.
2: Yeah, at at the very (laughs) base level of how you discover music. It's like, and it's
3: so genuine. It's so...
2: So organic, it is. <laughs> it's
3: so wow.
2: No, I I agree, I, and I think that's a beautiful thing. I think what you guys are doing is so beautiful. I, it's like it's such a refreshing approach to a shit show that is the music industry. Yeah, man. <laughs> the, music the man is. and like Beyonce and Jay Z. You know? Yeah,
3: man, we are not jaded. Like we're that's I don't ever want to be jaded. I don't I don't yeah. ever want to be like record store crotch you know be like old man just hating the world or yeah i don't ever want to think that there's not a spot there for record labels and record stores and artists mm-hmm. to like carve out a niche and and make that their thing because <coughs> that attitude gets nobody anywhere yeah. like
2: no it, and um I'm, I, f- I wish i could remember his name i've known him for fucking years since i've been record shopping but in toledo culture clash uh, pat pat thank you pat yeah. like like it was like two days before he died i was in the fucking store buying stuff for my niece because she's fucking she, she's it's awesome to see her fucking growing in music but i was talking to him and we were just talking about miles davis and um what's the one um the one with the babies playing in the water water, water babies Baby, jeez yeah. op <laughs> i was buying that album we were just talking about it and he was so cool about fucking and like that's how he's been even when he was um the one before culture Glass, i forgot what it's called jesus christ boogie records mm-hmm. right i don't know who cares? in any case yeah, pat was past the man yeah pat was an amazing person who you could just walk into and just talk to him and he would just be like so open and generous with his time and and you know as you are right now i mean and i'm sure you are with your customers um i only got a couple more questions they're quick and yeah, i know you got business to run here so, me with him um, so I ask this for, with all musicians that I have on. It's uh, what are uh, what is a weakness that you've either currently or previously overcome in your playing? <laughs> so, like, for me, um, my left hand on the piano is dog shit. So I work on that. So something in that vein, if that's even something that you do anymore or if that's something that you, I
3: don't um, know, I mean, obviously you're playing still. But. I think the biggest thing I've overcome is trying to get, Um, I I definitely used to like aspire to like Jaco Victor Wooten Mm -hmm. when I was in high school and college and like I wanted to be this fucking badass motherfucker. (laughs) 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 And you know, I think the biggest thing that changed for me was once I started getting really into, like especially the Dapton shit, Mm -hmm. like that, and I was really into um um and Martin Wood. And I loved Chris Wood's bass playing. I was just like, God, this guy's a beast of a musician. But he doesn't always play a million notes. So I think getting over the, you know, realizing that I could make records that I liked without having to be this, like, virtuoso type of, that sounds like a backhanded compliment to myself. But it's not. <laughs> a humble brag. Like, yeah, yeah, humble Yeah. <laughs> you know, the best thing about me is that I figured out that I don't have to be that good to be that good. <laughs> but, like, that was a big thing. <laughs> that I, I wanted to be such, like, I look back at how, like, dorky I got with gear and, like, with trying to, like, solos and shit. Mm-hmm. Just realizing that, like, hey, dude, you know what your role is? Fucking sit in the fucking pocket. You stay in the fucking nobody, way. nobody wants to hear your dumb bass notes, <laughs> bro. Yeah, like, that era is over. <laughs> nobody wants to hear that shit. You want? They want to hear like maybe one, yeah, maybe two notes, but it's like boom, 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 boom. boom. That's all anybody wants to hear. <laughs> maybe a you.
2: slide every now and
3: then. Who
2: doesn't <laughs> like, like a good bass line?
3: Yeah, that just realizing that you don't. I don't fucking matter when it like it just. Yeah. Just do your like sit in the pocket, yeah. shut up and sit in the pocket and do your thing.
2: I, I think that was like a huge realization for me. I was the same <laughs> way. I was like, I want to be this great. What and the problem was is that I play actively. I play fucking guitar, bass and keyboards. Out, you know, so like, I never took the time to really pull those instruments apart and like really learn them properly. Self-taught, of course. So, like, I could do these things, but I'll never be able to be, like, yeah, you know, yeah, I'll never yeah. be Herbie Hancock, and I'll never yeah. be. Um, I'm no, we're done. We'll wrap it up.
3: Oh, I mean, I'm
2: not trying to- no, 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 no. I was asking the last question, and I was okay. just expounding. Well,
3: What are you talking about? I'll tell you by the
1: way.
3: You look like you're about to... Is this a Russian company? <laughs> all right. Let's try and save the time. Okay.
2: Terry, thank you so much for taking yeah, the time. Is that off. all? You only had one? Yeah. I mean, I thought I had another one. I forgot the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> I usually ask the same questions. Like, There's like three or four of the same questions, but... Yeah. It's okay. You give me so much. and like Dude, it,
3: yeah, you let me talk, I'll just talk.
2: But that's good because that's – the worst part about doing these is when people are just sitting there saying yes, no. Records. No, records. Yeah, I like them. <laughs> Money. Why, <laughs> why do you like them? 70. Because they were cool and now I like them. <laughs> you know, like those are the hardest Vinyl ones. sounds better. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> everybody knows that bro dude everybody knows <laughs> okay terry thank you so much yeah no problem man thanks for and me um on. you know thank you for your generous time especially when you're trying to run a business and oh
3: no worries man
2: but all right well i'll see you guys next time cool thanks mike all right
0: thank you terry i appreciate that even though that happened um a couple years ago now, but you could still go to Coal Mine Records, C-O-L-E-M-I-N-E-R-E-C-O-R-D-S.com. Go check them out. They got new releases from Black Market Brass coming up. We got new release from the Monophonics. Uh, we got Grant Green, the Harlem Gospel Travelers, and GA-20. Uh, They just got so many amazing artists and uh, I I just I can't speak well enough about um, coal mine records. So what they do for artists and their deal. I mean, you heard what he does, his deals with these artists. I mean, it's just, uh, he's great. And this was a couple years ago now. So, I mean, they've only gotten bigger since then. You know, I should reach out to Terry and see if he wants to do a follow-up because they've been just killing it lately. So, coalminerecords.com, go check them out. You can also check out r e i n a m y s t i q u e R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com check it out we're releasing new singles every month for the year of 2020 our latest single is lyrical drive by which you could hear at the top of the show so i don't know how you ended up at the end without hearing the beginning maybe you um skip the beginning to get to terry and here you are and so this is what I'm going to tell you. Go back to the beginning and check it out. Uh, Lyrical Drive-By by Random Mystique. It's, uh, it's the latest single. It's a collaboration between us and Conscious in the Co-op, which is a band that uh, we were a part of, and it was a good time. So check it out. Uh, uh, let's see. You can go to wespeakenglishgood.com. We'll be expanding that website sooner to fit my media needs <laughs> and uh and uh, let's see you can like subscribe and uh let's see no wait was it like subscribe review like subscribe review you can like us on instagram at @we speak english good and on facebook at the same facebook.com/we speak english good uh you can follow us on snapchat if you want i don't know why you would i barely use it like i said i only use it to buy weed so it's just i might use it eventually oh yeah i think i'm on tiktok too now but that was just general curiosity and then i found out the chinese are stealing our information which isn't new information that's how they built their technology grid is by stealing all that information so anyways uh (laughs) the lord bless god bless china um they give us iphones and stuff but they do have that coronavirus and that does worry me a little bit um i do have some inside sources that are saying and i'm saying inside sources like so inside source that i can't even reveal the source name and in fact in the past it was made clear to me uh well yes well it was made clear to me that i shouldn't be going around telling people what i'm being told. that wasn't made clear to me okay when people were telling me at first about people going you know in deep into the actual you know battlefields where where um you know i know so i'm talking about someone who's going into infected areas and treating people uh it's a, a friend of mine it's a doctor he's a doctor but that's about it i can't I, no one told me not to say shit so uh <laughs> So I'm not going to say any more than that, but it's from an inside source. Um, they said that the coronavirus is no more harmful, is less harmful than the regular flu. So the big, the most, the biggest problem that China is facing is that they are ill-equipped to handle this massive outbreak. And apparently this outbreak, now this is, this is, now this is not coming from inside sources. This is coming from outside sources, but, uh, apparently because of the Trump tariff soy has been is too much or they just can't afford as much or something to do with the soy has fucked up the soy production in China which they eat a shit ton of soy tofu just an example Um, and so they have been forced to go find food in more traditional ways such as eating bats or lizards or whatever and they also use i don't they also use shit oil they use street oil it's called street oil but what it is is they boil down sewage sewage jesus sewage. they boil down sewage and then they cook it out they cook out the oil that's in the sewage and they use that to cook with because cooking oil can be a little expensive or not available trump tariffs that now that right there is totally outside source information i don't know if that's true i don't know if they're getting diseases from eating monkeys or whatever the fuck you know what i'm saying but um but apparently it was a perfect storm of eating the wrong things because i guess that's how aids was created i think right like somebody ate monkey brains or some shit or fucked a monkey, I don't know what it is, this is, this is getting really bad, I do apologize for spreading misinformation, but this is what I was just told, and I think it's very fascinating, Uh, but, but, uh, yeah, so it was a combination of being ill-equipped, and, uh, you know, eating or fucking monkey brains, I don't know, Um, so, you know, uh, prayers for China, uh, they're coming over here some infected Americans are coming here so on the west coast apparently as of right now people are canceling travel travel plans um, people are scared here in the states so if you are listening to me from another country that might not be infected or not but uh, this is the beginning so I, I, I just want to document the very beginning of the outbreak that took out civilization so (laughs) and then you know what's fucked up too i was reading that in like korea and maybe south korea or north korea somewhere there was some weird religious cult that was purposely spreading the coronavirus in in korea that's fucked up that's fucked up so you know i keep having these flashes like on Christmas, I had this flash of like every because I was with family and around the fireplace. It was nice. The everybody you know was in a jovial mood and every, you know it was a really nice moment where every where you you know you take these mental snapshots and like wow these are and and I was taking these mental snapshots just because so, it was such beautiful moments and then it was marred instantly by the thought of <laughs> of you know like. What if this is, you know, what if this is only going to exist as a memory in the future because the future is, you know, the coronavirus and trying to survive the coronavirus or an economic downturn where fucking everybody's just out on their ass or, or, it, 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 and, and, and it's crazy because like those kinds of situations um, can have regime change. Uh, of quick regime changes. So if, you know, maybe if there was an economic downturn and the coronavirus sort of came through at the same time, sort of wiping out people, making them sick, um, you know, weakening our economy, weakening our workforce, and that left room for a new regime to come in. And, uh, you know, that regime, of course, is going to downplay the current regime that they're trying to conquer saying that it's all their fault, and then maybe they'll pick a certain race of people, like, I don't know, the Mexicans, and they'll start blaming Mexican people for economic downturn and for the coronavirus or, or, or you know, people of color. And then all of a sudden, they're fucking rounding people up, right? That's when they start rounding. I mean, in China, they're already rounding fucking people up. This is how that shit happens, man. This is how it happens. It's just so I I had these flashes of these images as I'm like trying to enjoy taking these mental snapshots and having these images looking in my son's face like he's so happy about his present he got and he's just happy you know whatever and then and then and then there's just flashes of me seeing his face where we're all hungry and emaciated and and like it's cold and it's dark and, and things are dirty and you know, stuff are in fire, like, things are on fire, and billowing smoke out into the distance, you can see it out your window, and, like, there's nothing but, like, you know, snow is falling, but it's summer, because it's ashes from fucking, you know, the, the infirmary, where they're, the infirmary, that's not where they <laughs> where they're burning the bodies in mass, you know, it's just, I don't know, I don't know why I don't know why I had those thoughts, but I mean it could happen. Oh God, I'm bumming myself out. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at We Speak English good <laughs> Um, no, but you can write the show at We speak English Good at gmail.com. Um please write the show. Give us your opinions. We love to hear from you. Um you know, reach out to us on on um, on social media, like I, like I like I did at the top of the show. I'll read it on air as long as it's not too asinine, because those asinine ones, those hurt. They hurt. You know, I put on a bit. I put on. Uh, uh, I have this veneer uh, of 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 being a uh, solid-minded person, but i'm just a person those things hurt words words hurt more than fists or guns that's not true i heard a gunshot hurts a lot i'd rather i'd rather someone tell me i'm fat and a failure than be shot in the arm (laughs) okay you know what we're done we're done with this we're moving on next week we got a new episode so stay tuned uh i love you guys Uh, Be good to your fellow human beings. HJ's for everybody. Bye.